to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back for a little mini bonus episode because we've just had the Matildas squad announced for the April friendlies against Scotland and England. So some very big inclusions and some very big outs as well, which we do not love to see, but we're going to talk about all of it. So before we get before we begin, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For this little episode, you've got me, Marissa Ladanik, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and Sam Lewis. So, besties, big ins. Let's let's start positive. Big ins. Ellie Carpenter is back, and so is Holly McNamara, and I'm sorry They're back, for baby. I just love so that instantly this episode can be called Return of the Mac. Like, I'm so excited that yes, that's sorted. Yeah. It's done. So, obviously, both of those players did their knees uh, in the first kind of half of last year. They've both returned to club football and have now been deemed fit enough to at least play some sort of role in this Matilda squad. So, super exciting to see those two out, uh, see those two in. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, there are two major outs from this squad as well. Steph Catley and Emily Gilnick It had been reported in the last few weeks that both of them had been pictured in moon boots, which is never something you want to see. And both of them have been uh, deemed unavailable for these squad, uh, for these friendlies rather. So we hope that they have speedy recoveries, but let's talk about the squad. We've got a 24 player squad headlined by those really two massive inclusions and, soured by those two really big outs but what are the general thoughts vibes feelings uh looking at this 24 player squad i'm i'm loving it i'm i'm loving seeing carpenter and mcnamara back into this uh, particularly mcnamara i'm like she her performances during the asian cup were so exciting and we were all so devastated when she tore acl in the dub because it was just like you could see a star on the rise and she just needed to have more consistent game time at that kind of level because she's the kind of player who you know similar to Mary Fowler has levels that she hasn't yet reached so the fact that she's now back is is so exciting we've already seen some glimpses of what she's capable of doing returning with Melbourne City um she's been fantastic for them since coming back and Ellie Carpenter like she's just come off the back of playing 90 minutes in the Champions League like she's in ripping form. She gave interviews recently where she said that she feels faster, which is kind of terrifying. Um, and yeah, and she, it was really interesting, actually, the interview she gave to, to Forbes earlier this week, she mentioned that the injury kind of came at a really good time for her. Um, she was starting to feel really burnt out. She was playing a lot of football and she hadn't really had much of a break. So it was a bit of a blessing in disguise and she seemed to have really embraced the time that she's had off the field um, in order to reset and to sort of re respark her love of the game. So I'm, I'm really excited to see the both of them. I think that Carpenter will almost definitely play in both games, if not start both of them, um, depending on how she travels. Um, and I would really love to see McNamara be given a run, uh, maybe against Scotland because England's probably a, a different kind of test. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. It's obviously sad that yeah, their inclusion comes at the expense of particularly Steph Catley. Um, that's a little bit worrying, but one of the more encouraging things about that is that we're sort of going to see what happened, like a, almost a, like a mirror image to what happened when Ellie Carpenter went down, right? Where you had Charlotte Grant who was thrown into the deep end and now Charlotte Grant is effectively going to be the replacement for Steph Catley. So yeah, so I'm actually not as 
like existentially worried about the exclusion of Steph Catley because we've seen over the past six to eight months that we actually have depth now, which again is just such a comfort blanket thing to say. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And we'll talk a bit more about the actual teams that will we um, the Matildas will be facing in a preview episode a bit close to the to the window. But yeah, I'm I mean like overall vibes very, very good. I think another big name we haven't mentioned is Claire Hunt is back in the mix, which is super exciting yeah. as well. And I think goes to that point of depth, like defenders, plural. That's, that's very nice. Love that. Um, yeah, very excited to see Ellie Carpenter back. And I suppose one of the questions that has circulated around Ellie Carpenter coming back is what do we do with Charlie Grant? We've talked a bit to, the, to that a bit in previous episodes um but I guess we'll get see how it actually plays out um in these games but I suppose as well Marissa you were chatting pre-pod about there's versatility to a lot of these players that perhaps has not um been covered in much depth or maybe you wanted to speak to that in terms of what we do with the Charlie Grant in this kind of squad it's so nice that we have a Charlie Grant who can play on both sides, like Sam just mentioned. Like, yeah. she's now an option and it's not a, a square peg in a round hole. It's just she fits in both places and that's a really, really nice option. So, you know, obviously the ideal world, we would have Ellie Carpenter and Steph Catley fully fit. Like, I want to live in that world. I want to know when we get there. I would like to arrive there soon, if possible. Um but it's a really nice feeling that not only do we have a Charlie Grant who, you know, if they want to ease Ellie back into kind of international football, she can play right back. We have a Courtney Nevin who also is a specialist left back who has been playing at Leicester week in and week out. Mm. We have choices, which long-term Matildas fans and people who have listened to us for long enough will know has always been this, you know, it's been one of the focal points of anxiety because it usually causes the domino effect of, well, this person moves here and then that person moves here and everything is shuffled and nothing is good. Um, Where now we have options to replace a Catley, we have options to cover a Carpenter if she's not ready to go for a full 90. I hope she is, but if she's not, there's no dread there's no worry there's options and I think the really beautiful thing is that like Tony trusts these players as well to do a job like I always think um the 2019 World Cup where when players were shuffled around and things like that we had a left back option on the bench but we didn't use them yeah with this one, we have now left back options. We have full back options. And I fully believe that Tony trusts these players to get the job done. Of course, they're not going to be like at a Steph Catley level because she's a freak. And, you know, she's one of the best left backs in the world when she is fit. Um, but they're going to do a more than perfectly fine job. And that's a really nice thing to, it's a really nice space to be kind of heading into these friendlies you know, being in. That was a weird sentence. Um, So, yeah, I'm stoked. Well, I'm not stoked. I'm stoked that we have the options. I would rather that Steph Catley was also among these options, but sometimes it really do be like this. It's a similar vibe, I think, with Claire Hunt as well. Uh, We know that Alana Kennedy has 
she's been going through some stuff. Like I think it's like back-to-back injuries have sort of kept her on the sidelines at Manchester City. She hasn't appeared for the Matildas for a while. I think even like her last appearance was last year. Like it's been a couple months between uh, between drinks for her. So having a Claire Hunt available and like coming off the back of some pretty good form in the with the Wanderers, she scored her debut goal just this past weekend. Um, it, it it makes me feel so secure in the Matildas. And I'm actually going to be so interested to see if Claire Hunt performs really well against Scotland and England, what does that mean for Alana Kennedy? What does it mean for the eventual sort of defensive unit of the squad that's picked for the Women's World Cup? Because if Hunt is able to overtake Kennedy in terms of playing more regular minutes at a high level, um, performs well on the pitch, is able to back up game after game, and you've got someone like Kennedy who's coming off all these different injuries, hasn't played international football for a while, what do you do? Like I'm I'm a, I'm starting to get the vibe that like maybe Hunt is gonna be preferred come women's World Cup time if there has to be a choice made alongside a, someone like a Palkinghorn, depending on fitness. But like, yeah, like what what do you what do you do? I don't know. It's exciting to at least be able to talk about it rather than be like, which midfielder are we going to be shuffling backwards into uh to partner Claire Palkinghorn uh in the absence of Alana Kennedy? Oh, now we actually have someone who can be there. Do you ever just think about the absolute trauma that this squad has like inflicted on us that we're here like oh, it's so nice to have choices. It's so like, oh god. This is why you don't follow football, kids. You find other hobbies that don't break your heart and your spirit on the occasion. But let's talk about some of the other inclusions. Let's look forward, let's talk a little bit about Holly McNamara, because in the episode we just recorded about the A-League women's season, uh Harrow was saying I would love to see Holly McNamara, but also wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't get the call up just because obviously less runs on the board with Matildas. They obviously want to be really careful with Holly because of her injury history as well, but she's in, she's really impressed. And um, it's a really exciting prospect to kind of think about unleashing Holly McNamara at maybe a tired Scotland defence or a tired English defence. So are we all just like filled with warm fuzzies that Holly McNamara is indeed back? The Mac is not the back is back, the return of the Mac. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much to elaborate on that. But um, just in terms of like, I know we said we chat about it a little bit later um, in a preview pod, but my immediate thoughts when looking at like Holly Mac in this squad against um a team like England Sam spoke about this a couple of pods I don't know how many pods ago you spoke about it Sam the the youngsters that England have that they bring on and are able to kind of transform games I feel like Holly Mack will possibly be a player like that in this kind of Matilda squad so that's really exciting I think um and obviously she's coming from a, a very similar space as Ellie Carpenter in terms of freshly back from an ACL injury you want to make sure you're managing minutes and um yeah just uh err on the side of caution but she has I've I thought she would come back with a bang but I've even like I've been so impressed with how she's come back into this this A-League women's season so yeah I don't know I feel like she can't 
but even just seeing her get minutes will just be exciting in and of itself I, even if she has a shocker which I doubt that she will I really really doubt that just going off how she's like carried herself through her career so far but yeah I don't know just stoked there's not much more to it and similar questions I think around like what does the resurgence of Holly McNamara mean for Emily Gilnick because Gilnick again hasn't really been playing very much for Aston Villa she has an ankle injury at the moment which she's still recovering from hasn't appeared for the Matildas very much like what's how do you sort of decide which winger is more valuable to you when it comes crunch time what is it that you look for um, in terms of basically like lining up those two players alongside one another and being like, which of the two fits best? And it was curious because Tony Gustafson was, um, was asked like a whole bunch of different questions about the squad, obviously. And one of the things he talked about um, in terms of the overall, I guess, balance and composure of, uh, of the, the squad as a, a 24 player unit was that, there are different kinds of um, players and different kinds of combinations. And you sort of want to have a variety of options in the same kinds of positions. And we've sort of spoken about like Emily Gilnick is sort of a funny player in that way, because she doesn't quite do either of the things that she has been doing at club level, as well as what other players can. She can play as a center forward, which we saw her play for Melbourne Victory and for Brisbane Raw. We can we know that she sort of plays as a winger as well, but the Matildas at the moment have so much depth that there are there are players who are better in both of those positions than what she is as a versatile player. And it's very similar conversation to Larissa Crummer, who's also been recalled to the squad with Tony saying that, you know, it's her versatility is one of her great strengths and we need to have different profiles of uh of players in in the same kinds of positions. So I I think that I'd like to sort of see this window like I, I need more from Larissa Crummer we always talk about this and we always come off the back of windows where Crummer has been given an opportunity and she still hasn't done anything and I'm like I'm starting to feel bad about it <laughs> starting to feel bad about expecting more because I I particularly feel like one of the players who was really hard done by in terms of this window is Remy Seamson she's clearly worked really really hard since getting her move to Leicester she's playing with and against players from Scotland and England every week you would think she would be a pretty good fit to come into this particular camp because of her familiarity with that kind of style. Um, and yeah, I just, that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that thought, but I just want to see more from the players who are on the fringes and have not really shown that they tick any kinds of boxes that they're supposedly ticking. I have thoughts, but none of them are coherent. <laughs> but I, I guess thinking through that stuff as well, it goes back to that conversation of like the, the role of the A-League women's in all of this as well, because like Gillick wasn't getting minutes when she was um, in and around the squad recently before, prior to this injury, as you've mentioned, Sam, like, she, and she wasn't making much of an impact when she did come on. But then we have players like Courtney mm. Vine and that's the big one. And she, I think she's spoken to this recently in Ante Juric as well in terms of um, the quality of the A-League women's and, and when the right time to make a move overseas is. And she's kind of defended her basically staying in the A-League women's um, because she's able to compete at Matilda's level. And obviously some people might um, – 
debate that, but then you have someone like, yeah, you have someone like Remy who's gone overseas, who's made a move, who's getting the minutes with the move and is still not able to kind of crack in um, mm. compared to a Gilnick who's not getting, like, who's made the move. Uh, yeah, you guys know what I'm saying. I'm, it's, it's, there's some... I'm getting at something. Maybe you understand what I'm getting at. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Another really interesting part of this squad as well, four goalkeepers. Um, so Jada Wyman has um, yeah. been added in. Um, and I suppose, Sam, you might be able to talk to this a little bit more as a Sydney Nuff, but Jada, like, last season had an incredible season. This season has just been a bit touch and go. She's had some injury things happening Mm -hmm. Sydney have been a bit more patchy so it's like it is an interesting one um and it interesting also in the fact that we haven't lost a goalkeeper so she's kind of been added into the mix as another goalkeeping option but I'm like but Tony Love we've got three like Mac has been standout like there's not even kind of any anxieties there anymore so I don't know if maybe there are anxieties behind the scenes or something and we're just not being told about them and that's why we've got a fourth goalkeeper but um just keep that to yourselves if there are because I don't want to hear about it I don't want to hear about it I'm living in peace right now (laughs) um but yeah just to kind of in terms of the A-League women's season if there were there might be other names that people would put forward first maybe if we are looking to bring in someone from that space but yeah, no, I agree. And it's, it's it's bizarre that we have four goalkeepers. Like, I, I don't anticipate any more than two of them being given a run against England and Scotland. And so, like, why would you bring in an extra one who's probably at the bottom of that particular pecking order when, as we've just been talking about, there are positions where we actually do need some more depth we need some more people coming in to offer some some difference some some something else in in the space that has sort of traditionally been difficult to fill so yeah like I, I it's a it's a bit of a weird one like I think that she's an excellent goalkeeper and obviously she's sort of being positioned to inherit I suppose the role of Lydia Williams who also really hasn't been playing that much but she's been you know she has the runs on the board to be able to justify being regularly selected for the Matildas, whereas Jada, like, yeah, she's a great goalkeeper and she had a really good season last season, though, to be fair, she also had a very good defensive line in front of her, so she didn't have to do that much, really. Um, she's coming off the back of a, of a of an injury that's kept her out for almost half of the season with Sydney FC as well. So, yeah, like, I, I personally wouldn't have, wouldn't have called her up because it's just, like, it's just not necessary. She's not going to see any game time, and I think that there are so many other players in the A-League women's who have performed so much better and deserve more of a call-up. And if we're just sticking with Sydney FC, Mackenzie Hawksby is probably one of the biggest ones for me. I think she's been outstanding. Princess Sabini is another. She like Both of those players have been so good. And I realise that it's about, you know, we do have depth in midfield and on the wings now, and so perhaps it's not necessary to call them up. But at the same time, like, these are the future of the Matildas. At least if you're going to be bringing in a Jada Wyman to sort of um, familiarise her with camp and to get her up to speed with certain things with the expectation that she's not going to get any game time, why not do the same for these players who are actually performing really well and showing that they are going to be part of the squad going forward for the next couple of World Cup cycles? That's the, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a bit of a weird one. I don't know. I feel like the Jada selection also like goes against Tony's whole 
thing about what he's been doing the last couple of camps about narrowing the focus and keeping things consistent and you know bringing in someone like a Claire Hunt last camp which was obviously like a a bolt from the blue didn't fit that um that narrative but made sense because we've been needing centre-backs that checked out but as Angela just said Mac has just come off a sensational cup of nations Tegan Micah was injured but is heading into the start of her Swedish season so as far as we know, should be all good. And similarly, Lids is in the middle of a WSL season with Brighton. So, it just, yeah, it doesn't ma- – like, it's not a reflection on Jada. It just doesn't make sense from the wider sort of conversation yeah. that we've been having about, like, what squads are meant to look like and the selection process and why things are being done the way they're done, if that makes sense. Um. So, yeah, I don't – like, I hope she does well. Like – like I said, it's not a, a knock on Jada. It's not like this conversation is not a reflection on Jada as a player because I think we've all rated her quite highly for multiple seasons now. It just really didn't make sense. It was, um, yeah, just in, in comparison to the rest, like you're going through the squad list and you're like, goalkeeper, four times? I don't, I don't understand. I will say, so, like, if I'm being really, like, nitpicky and semantic-y, um, from memory in past squad releases Mary Fowler has been listed as a midfielder in this one she has been listed as a forward does that mean something or am I making meaning out of nothing who knows we'll find out but um god I would like do you think Tony's like Taylor Swift in that he like does these (laughs) things to (laughs) yes to wind us up and he knows that we know that he knows yeah (laughs) yeah uh Tony, if you're listening, are you Taylor Swifting us? Please let us know. Um, t- tell us via your shoes, like where wear a specific pair of shoes for yes. I don't know which pair. <laughs> a Taylor Swift pair, something with sparkles. Um, anyway, this has gone in a weird. Com- uh, it's gone in a weird um, direction. But any final sort of tidbits or things you wanted to mention from this squad? Not really. I'm just really looking forward to it. Now that it's sort of materialised and we see the players who are available, I'm I'm really keen. I, I would really love to see um, more minutes given to Alex Chidiak. I think she has earned at least a good hour on the field after the way that she performed off the bench during the Cup of Nations. Um, and she's also in the midst of pre-season about to start with Racing Louisville as well, so she's probably in, in quite good um, fitness and form. So I'd like to see her given a little bit more of a, of a shot because we know that she can be really good off the bench. We know that she's a game changer, but I want to see if she can do a little bit more than that. And maybe Tony wants to see that as well. I don't know. That would be great. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm just, I'm keen to see these players back together again. I want to see more of Kara Cooney Cross, who's just been killing it over in Sweden. I want to see more of, uh, of, of I, actually, I want to see more of Mackenzie Arnold as well. You know, like I was so impressed with her Cup of Nations performances and she's been so good for West Ham and I'd love to see if she's able to back all that up and, and do it again against the players who she plays against all the time. Um, but, yeah, and I, I think it, it should be really good. I mean, just touching every single piece of wood that I own that we're not going to have another major injury because we have gone to Europe in the past and some players have picked up major injuries um, so that could be a little bit terrifying. And we are in the, what's it called, Marissa? The uh, the injury hyper-awareness window. 
or is that past? Is that long past? Because if you get an injury now, it's just, you're done. Yeah. So the extreme injury awareness point was where like you start doing the math and you're like, can I? So that's why when Ellie did her knee, it was like, okay, if she like, if we do the standard 12 month, yada, yada, yada. Now we're just like in the sad injury point. Um, So who, who did their knee recently? There's so many answers, but I can't think of a single name. Vivian? No, so Janine Becky. So Canadian player Janine Becky just did her knee. And so it's like, well, you know she's not making it back for the World Cup. So you just feel sad. It's not extreme awareness. It's just extreme sadness. Um, So, yeah, anyone who basically it's – we're not fully in, like, cotton wool time yet, but we're getting closer and closer to cotton wool time, especially I'm thinking, like, end of league seasons – Champions League final kind of areas where it's just like, have fun, play hard, don't hurt yourselves because stress. We don't need it. We don't need the stress. We are all just, we are, our podcast is the mum of the Matildas, I feel. Have fun. Don't get hurt, please. We'll be here when you, when you want to come back. We love you. Your mothers have anxiety. Yeah. Don't like. <laughs> That's why we're drinking G&Ts at 11am on a Tuesday. Okay. It's, it's an iced coffee. I just want to, that's the ice of a, an iced coffee, not a G&T. But if everyone is happy, no final thoughts, we shall wrap this bad boy up. Like we said, the overall vibe is excitement and joy and happiness because the Tillies will be back and it's going to be a really, really I think it's going to be a really fun window. It's going to be a really interesting window because also it'll be two years since Tony's first games. So in terms of the old uh, nostalgia reflection machine, that's going to be in full swing, basically seeing about how far we've actually come. Playing England is obviously going to be huge. And like we've mentioned a couple of times, we'll do a proper kind of preview episode once we know what kind of England squad, squad we will be facing and what kind of Scotland squad we'll be facing. So that's one for you all to look out for but otherwise you can always find us on espn.com.au and the espn app as well as spotify apple and google everywhere you get pods really if you like what we do subscribe and leave a review and if you want to have a chat to us about your takes on the tilly squad we are at the far post pod on all social media but until next time go tilly